Welcome back to Careers Explained. Today, we're talking with Mark Angel about his career path and current role. He received his bachelor's degree from Davidson College in biology and his MBA from the University of California, Berkeley. His previous work experience includes working as a senior consultant and manager at Deloitte Consulting and as a senior manager of strategy and business operations for Hulu. He's currently a senior manager of strategy and business planning for the Walt Disney Company. Welcome, Mark, and thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Can you start by telling us what you do in your current role as a senior manager of strategy and business planning? Yes. So I um, work for Disney. Specifically, I work for Disney Plus and Hulu and sit on their strategy team. So really, we think about where those services are going in the future and kind of creating the long range plan and the long, like the initiatives that go into that in terms of how are we going to grow? How are we going to become profitable? Um, and thinking through a lot of different options around like, what is the future of Disney plus in Hulu essentially, and how that plugs into the broader Walt Disney company. Sounds like a fascinating job from that overview perspective. Can you break it down into what that looks like in terms of roles and responsibilities on a regular basis? Yeah, so it's very cross-functional. We work with a lot of different teams. Um, as a strategy team, often we are tasked with thinking, you know, three, five years down the line. And so working with a number of other teams who might be thinking a little bit more day-to-day or month-to-month, like how could we actually enact an initiative or actually what's actually required to get this done. Um, so we partner with a lot of different teams to um basically do a lot of market research um where is the market going what are competitors doing we do a lot of internal analysis so leveraging data that we have to make um to make to run analyses and kind of make recommendations off of those analyses so it's a lot of um communication storytelling financial modeling kind of a mixture of those three relationship management it's like a relation it's like a mixture of those four things that is super helpful thank you for explaining it And then can you now map on those roles to a typical week or just example of what it looks like in terms of chunks of time for those? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I typically have four to five projects that I'm involved in at any given time. Normally one will sort of take precedence for a week or or two. Um, And what I would say, I I spend a lot of time in meetings, um, especially at my level. It's a lot of like stakeholder management um, and kind of leading the project. We often have um, an analyst or a senior analyst sort of supporting to do a lot of the modeling and hands-on stuff. Um, And so I spend a lot of my time in meetings um, talking to different teams to get input or review different items that I'm working on. Um, I also uh, will then probably spend outside of meetings, spend time reviewing. I make a lot of PowerPoint decks. I make a lot of Excel models. And so reviewing those, refining those, um, figuring out what assumptions we need to change to go into our financial analyses. And so it really is probably like 60% meetings, 40% like heads down time right now. Um, That can fluctuate depending on time of year, what we're focused on, what's priority when. Um, and so it's really being able to work with the w- work with the different teams and kind of craft what is the story and what is like the recommendation that we're making around whatever we're working on. And on the projects, you have multiple at a time. How long are they typically on average? And also, could you give an example of one maybe from the past or just generally? 
Yeah, so um, the projects really range. Um, some projects are kind of evergreen and they just constantly are, are going uh, in different iterations and different forms. Um, and then others are a little bit more discreet. So uh, an example of a more discreet project, uh, really it's um, we are responsible or help, not responsible for, we, we provide kind of the strategic story around what we call our long range plan. So every year at the Walt Disney Company, and this happens in a lot of companies, we create like a long range plan, which is what is what is the financial outlook of our company over the next five years, 10 years, every company kind of does it differently. Um, and my team is responsible for creating sort of like the strategic narrative around those five-year plan that those five-year plans. And so the finance team really owns the actual like profit and loss and like PL statements over the course of that time. And then we help frame like what initiatives are getting in there. How are we communicating this to our uh, leadership within the organization and what does that look like? And so that typically happens in the springtime. And so that's just like an example of a discrete project that um, I worked on over the last year. That's awesome. And when you talk about that discrete project, using that example, can you walk through the steps of it? So you get the task of in the next year, outline sort of what our strategy is going to be. How do you go about that with your team solving that? Yeah, so um, like uh, it kind of depends on the year. And honestly, we've had a lot of change um, over the last year. So I think if you ask me next year, it might be different. <laughs> um, but really, we like how I think about it is like finance owns what what the numbers are. Um, mm -hmm. And they really like drive the financial modeling and all of the forecasts and everything. And we help kind of bring everything together from like a story standpoint and from like a strategic standpoint. And so what that often looks like is um, creating multiple, multiple, multiple iterations of a PowerPoint presentation um, that outlines, okay, how are we bubbling up everything that's, I mean, the Walt Disney Company is a huge company. Disney Plus and Hulu are large services. There's a lot that's going on and there's a lot we could talk about, but how do we like distill out, like what are the three most important things that we're doing over the next three, five, 10 years, whatever it might be, um, and tr really try to like elevate the story so that it can be clearly packaged and understood across the organization, across leadership. And so a lot of what my job is, is just like refining what that story is, how we're sharing data, what initiatives are we highlighting, and how is that like material driving, materially driving the business or not, um, and really formulating that like overarching story to help then inform what the like actual numbers are and what we would want to show and all that type of stuff. So almost two parts. The first is what you talked about with kind of diagnosing what your recommendation is in terms with the market research and then the data analysis. And then the second is making it easy to understand for stakeholders. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great summary. <laughs> great explanation that I can follow. And so what do you like and find challenging about the role? Um, I love being at the like heartbeat of decision-making and um, being a part, be, working for a product that like I use on a daily basis, all my friends use on the daily basis. It can be a little annoying when people are like, hey, this happened when I logged in. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I love being, um, I love being at the heartbeat of decision-making and like being a part of that process. Um, obviously, like I'm still 
relatively junior, so it's not like I'm have this huge influence or not, but it's like just being a part of like what those recommendations are and like thinking about a service every day that I use, that my friends use. I really believe in like the power of storytelling and like the value of that entertainment brings to our lives. Like we're not saving lives, but I think it can bring pockets of joy to people and like help people see themselves in the world. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. And so like anytime I have a stressful day, I try to like zoom back out and think about why, why I like that. So I, I really love that aspect of it. Um, things that are challenging about it is like, uh, the company is really big. And so like figuring out who all the stakeholders are, um, it's very consensus driven as well. And sort of like thinking about who needs to review what before it goes to who and like all of that type of stuff, um, just can take some time to figure out like, uh, who you need to go to and who you should talk to and what inputs you need. And so that can, that can be a challenge. I think that's true of any large company. I've worked for multiple. Um, and so I, I think that's, that can be challenged. And then also like we, uh, like the actual business is, is challenged. Like the entertainment business is really going through a really unique time in history right now. And so like, it really is just a hard problem to figure out. And so it's like, it, yeah, it's just a hard problem to figure out. And I don't have all the answers, um, but we, we do our best. I definitely agree that you are improving lives with the product <laughs> on. And also that is such an interesting point of your job is one changing on the strategy front, but also as an industry constantly changing. So you never really can get complacent there. Yeah. And talking about your junior level, but you're also like a senior manager. So how do you find how do you narrow down who your stakeholders are on a project? Does it vary for each one or are you always reporting to the same people? Yeah, it varies. Uh, so like our, our strategy team, like direct manager um, who I work with, um, but then our actual stakeholders really vary um, depending on what the project is. Um, so it's like, we work with the finance team a lot. We work with the product team a lot. We work with analytics a lot. Um, and then there, we work with the content teams a lot, the people who are actually like scheduling Disney plus or Hulu or acquiring content for Hulu. We will, um, work with, with those teams a lot marketing, depending on the project. It really kind of depends on what we're doing and what we're trying to investigate, like who, who we plug in when, but I would say the teams I work with the most are like the con, uh, the, the product teams and the finance teams I've worked with, with pretty much on every single project which makes sense when I sit on the strategy side I'm often trying to like figure out what the value is going to be in three five years so we need finance input and then from uh we we work for I work for a d2c company that is a product that people use and so needing to understand like how would we actually do this and from like a product standpoint so those are probably the two teams that I work with the most um but then there's different teams within that that we work with lots of moving social aspects of it of those meeting different faces and different days and projects yeah very much so and then for opportunities for moving up how long do people usually stay in your role and then what are the opportunities to go up yeah so i'm a senior manager um so i'm basically like middle management um right now so the executives are like uh really directors or vps plus and then we have managers, senior analysts, analysts. Um, at Disney, uh, there's not like a, so I came from consulting where in consulting, it was 
more standardized in terms of like after two years, then you get promoted to the next level. And then at that level, it's three years or four years, depending. And then it goes, you go to the next level. Disney isn't quite that rigid. And I think um, it's something that I, going into industry from consulting or when a lot of my team is I, former iBankers as well. Um, it's like, just in it, like you learn that not all careers are linear, right? And so like, it kind of just depends on, the state of the business, the state of the market, um, what the business needs are. And so it's not like there's really a true, like after two years, then you go into the next level. Um, there is sort of like a, you know, you have to prove yourself and then kind of prove the, the next level, but it really kind of just depends in terms of what your opportunity or like what, what the, what the state is kind of what the, uh, or what the current state is of company, your role, your team, there's a lot of different factors that go into it. So it's hard to say like there's a normal kind of timeline or trajectory. That said, I think at Disney, the great thing about about it is it is a huge company. And so being able to, um, uh, there are natural reorganizations that have happened in the two years that I've been there where like I started when it was just the Hulu team, but now we got merged into like the Disney Plus team, and now we're the D to C strategy team. So, like, there's natural reorgs, which meant my role has shifted without my title really changing that much. Um, and then there are so many different aspects of the business. And so, like, you're encouraged to meet people from who work in the theme parks or meet people who work for like our broadcast or linear networks or ESPN. I work with the ESPN team. And so, it's just like Disney's huge. And so, you kind of have that opportunity to meet different people, work on different a lot of different projects kind of span, not just with Disney Plus or Hulu, but into the broader reaches of Disney. And so leveraging those connections to see like, okay, what's out there outside of the team that I'm on right now. Um, and I've seen a lot of people sort of naturally take on new roles, whether they jumped from Hulu to Disney Plus or Disney Plus to Hulu, just because of relationships and different opportunities that popped up along with them. So it's a lot about relationships. It's a lot about timing um, and kind of just like constantly proving that like just doing good work kind of, I've noticed this in my career, just doing good work and being a person that people want to work with is like, goes a really long way. <laughs> that is great advice. And before we even specifically get there and also the internal networking is fascinating that it's such a big company that moving up might mean moving horizontally to a different team and going that route. Yeah, if you want to. I mean, there are obviously people have been promoted on my team. I've seen a lot of growth and on opportunities to kind of like choose your own adventure a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And when you talk about prove yourself in terms of moving up, how are you measured in terms of success? What what are you measured on? Um, it depends on the level um, because each level has like sort of different expectations. So at my level, I'm a senior manager. Um, the next kind of level would be like a director. And often at that level, it's really about managing a portfolio of projects, um, being able to manage the relationships and the stakeholders. And I think often when we think about management, we think of like managing down, like a manager managing an analyst or a VP managing a director, whatever. And I think the the kind of when you hit the middle management level, which is where I am, it becomes obviously you need to be able to manage and develop people and teams and allow um, them opportunities to grow and own things as well. And that's super important. But part of managing people is also managing up and managing out. So managing your own boss um, to help eat, like 
alleviate any pressure on your team and then also managing out and managing different stakeholders so that um, you kind of are giving everyone in the loop, getting all the inputs that you need so that things don't come in last minute. And you're like, this team's like, why didn't you bring me in? Like, we need to talk about this. We have a lot of work around this already. And so man maintaining those relationships um, and managing up and out is at my level as important as like actually managing a team. And I think that's like the biggest kind of um, growth area um and sort of like what takes people to the next level is being able to do all that all the soft stuff you've kind of ideally proven that you can do the hard stuff like hard skills stuff like the modeling and the building of the the decks and that stuff and so it's more about the soft skills that becomes more and more important the the as you progress in your career and that's true in all companies that i've worked in not just disney that's an awesome point. And we'll loop back to that at the end for advice because no one's mentioned that yet on here of the managing up. And so now going to your career path to understand how you ended up here, you mentioned you started in consulting. Can you talk about what were the biggest points along your career path that kind of led you to this current role? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense that a biology major from a liberal arts college <laughs> works for Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> So um, basically, I uh, at Davidson, I found studying bio really interesting, um, but realized quickly uh, that I didn't want to be a doctor um, and didn't necessarily the PhD route wasn't for me. And so I wasn't really sure what options were out there. And I had a friend who was in consulting um, who was like who had graduated a few years earlier. And he was like, hey, I think consulting would be great because it's basically like the job version of a liberal arts education and so I was like okay um so that ended up working out I worked at Deloitte had a great experience really utilized my time as an analyst to like figure out what I liked figure out what I didn't like um gain like just some hard skills of like how do you build a powerpoint deck how do you build a financial model how does excel work because I'd never used it as uh an undergrad um and uh, went to business school because I wanted to kind of supplement my um, my work experience uh, mm -hmm. with some hard actual like how does a business actually work? I was starting to do projects. I was getting into the strategy realm, and they were we were do. I remember doing a project where we were projecting shareholder value, and I was like, I have no idea what shareholder value is. And so I went to business school to try and like round that out, um, and then went back to Deloitte. Um, because I felt like there was still opportunity for me to grow in consulting and at and, um, and, um, at Deloitte. And so went back for a few years and had a great experience, learned a ton, but ultimately wanted to kind of move from a third party consulting realm more in-house and like have ownership over um, the, the business and ownership over um, what I was working on and not necessarily like coming in for a few months, making some recommendations and then leaving. Um, and so an opportunity came up. I worked at HBO Max for a quick, uh, for about a year or so, and then um, got connected to some, to the head of the Hulu strategy team through a friend of mine from business school. Um, and it was a little bit more of what I was looking to do in terms of like uh, being part of that decision-making process moving forward. And so made, made the pivot over to Hulu. And then that, through multiple reorgs and a lot of changes has kind of morphed into this role now of um, Disney Plus and Hulu on the strategy team. And when you talk about getting the MBA to kind of fill in the gaps, so you didn't necessarily have to bluff in certain situations, would you say that that is 
required to get into a role like yours now or can you have different experience to make up for that um I don't think it's necessarily required um for my role now there are plenty of people on my team who do not have an MBA there are plenty of people on my team who do have an MBA um it kind of just depends on what you're looking for and kind of what your path is and what you're um what you're looking to get out of it I also felt like um I went to business school for the hard skills as well, but I kind of was like plateauing professionally a little bit and also plateauing personally a little bit. And I kind of just needed like a jolt of new energy um, and really wanted to like challenge myself. Um, and I was lucky enough that Deloitte was going to be paying for me to go to business school, which was a really great kind of opportunity that I couldn't really pass up. And so it kind of felt like a, a win-win situation and I moved across the country for it. It's how I got to California. Um, and it was like a, a wonderful experience. Um, do I think it's required for my, for my role right now? Um, I think coming from consulting, I probably could have made the pivot somehow, but I do think there is, depending on the path and depending on your path and where you want to go, it, it can be a, a helpful tool to have, to have an MBA how people always say you go to your MBA to either pivot um, from one uh, industry into another or one function into another, or to kind of accelerate your career. I went for the latter piece, just given kind of the process at Deloitte, it made sense to go um, and use that opportunity to kind of explore and just learn more about myself and about how I lead and how I want to be, how kind of where I want to go in the future. And it was a great experience. And with that acceleration and the ability to kind of continue out of consulting into somewhere where you have more ownership and decision making what made you decide that you wanted to go more of the strategy route out of the options within kind of business yeah great question um at Deloitte I was really lucky in terms of how many projects I got to do like before business school I was on 16 projects in like two years I was like I'm like the quintessential like rotational <laughs> analysts like put me on a flyer somewhere for how many different I worked in every industry except for one and every function gonna clip this. <laughs> yeah, like it, I, I used to joke that I was like the quintessential like rotational analyst <laughs> but in that I really got um I did some like five-year corporate strategy projects I did some like very operational like I ran like a launch program essentially and I really I was looking for opportunities where I could um expand like span that where are we going in five years to like we're actually gonna action plans and be involved in like moving things forward so really that intersection of strategy and operations is kind of what I was looking for and so um my title is like strategy uh but I also think there are aspects of what we do that are like really tactical and like really make it real, which I really enjoy as well. Awesome. And then now moving on to advice, looping back first to when you talked about managing up, can you describe maybe an example or what you mean by that for someone who might not have heard it and any tips you have? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think managing up is really managing your manager <laughs> um, and managing your leadership. And so I think um, managers do the best they can. I've been an analyst. I've been in kind of an individual contributor. I've been a manager. I've been on both sides of it. 
And uh, sometimes your manager might not have the full context of like what you're working on or have um, full understanding of like how long something might be taking you or kind of where you are in the process on stuff. And so being like managing up is the skill of managing your manager, essentially, and managing your manager's manager sometimes. Um, and so it's all about setting expectations, communicating those expectations, and then like meeting or managing those expectations is kind of how I would think about it. And so an example is, um, let's say, uh, like I'll use a time from my consulting days, like the partner would be like, hey, we need to start working on X, Y, Z. We need it by next week. And I'm like, okay, that's great. If we were to do that, we're doing all these other things right now. Like what needs to drop in order for us to do this? Or like, how should we reprioritize in order to like bring this to the top if that's the top priority? And doing that, they might be like, actually, you're right. This isn't super high priority. Let's put it to the bottom. And so in doing that, you've prevented a fire drill um, and prevented a lot of stress. And so just like being able to have the skills to communicate that and um, having the credibility behind yourself to be like, when I say like, I'm doing these three other things, like people believe you and like know what that entails um, is a really, really valuable skill um, and helps you manage your own, uh, your own like agenda and your own schedule and honestly keeps your life sane. <laughs> I think that is some of the best advice. And then second on networking, you talked about being connected to the head at uh, Hulu to pivot there. Can you give advice on networking? Because everybody kind of throws that around as a thing to do. And clearly yeah. you did it successfully. Yeah. Tips. Yeah. Honestly, I hate the word networking um, <laughs> because I'm an introvert and I uh, find it very stressful when someone's like, you should just reach out to this person and talk to them. Like, I, what? No, that sounds like my <laughs> worst nightmare. Um so I I think there's two two ways I would answer this. One is yes, I was lucky enough that I got connected to uh, the woman who um, was my boss uh, at Hulu through a friend of mine. Um, it was really because I saw a job posting at LinkedIn on LinkedIn. I saw that my friend was connected to her, and I was like, "Hey, do you know anything about this role? Do you know her?" And she was like, "Yeah, she's great. You should talk to her." And she just like sent an intro. So like, it was finding those warm connections I've always found most helpful, and then just like being a curious person and being like, "Hey, like, what do you do? What's your day to day look like? Like the questions you're asking me, like that is we're networking right now. Um, <laughs> it might not be deemed networking, but we are." Um, and so I think there's like that aspect of just like meeting people and setting up one-on-ones and honestly, people like talking about themselves. I've talked a lot, right? It's like, and so getting like asking people questions, like people like talking about what they do and um, they want to be helpful generally. So I think that's one thing. The second thing is I, uh, so I say all that, I still find that really intimidating and like very, I'm like, well, why would they want to talk to me? I don't know. And so I uh, have actually found the best relationships are working relationships. And so the best networking is working with someone um, and then trying to maintain that connection and like doing a good job. So like building a reputation, your reputation will precede you and just like focusing on the people that you're working with and then they are able to like vouch for you and connect you with whomever I have heard plenty of examples of for myself or other people um where like at the end of a project they were like hey like how can I help you who do you want to know who do you want where do you want to go how do you want to be connected and like 
taking advantage of that. And but that only happens because like we worked well together. They liked what I was able to offer and all of that. And so I think just like doing good work is the best form of networking because then it's just like natural. And it doesn't always have to be the super formal one-on-one -on -one thing or like going up to people at happy hours or whatever it might be or getting coffee like that to me is really stressful it is important it some people are great at that i'm personally not i just like the way more organic way of meeting people and just like viewing every kind of project or job or whatever is like an opportunity to net network by just like working with people um i love that advice because i think a lot of people do find it one super stressful and two, they just have no idea what it means to network when people recommend that. So really walking the talk in a working setting is awesome advice for letting yourself show that you are good to work with instead of- Yeah, and it provides like a, an anchor to the relationship, right? So like, let's say you and I just like randomly connected on LinkedIn and we're, we had a conversation, like that was probably gonna be a great conversation, but like I know very little beyond the like 30 minutes that we've talked or- whatnot. And like, I would be more than happy to connect with you or maybe vice versa. You could connect me with someone and that would be great, but there's like very little to anchor to. And so, whereas mm -hmm. like, if we did like a quick little project together, or we naturally were on the same kind of initiative together and it's like, oh, Heidi, like we actually haven't met one-on-one, -on -one. like let's talk. Now we have an anchor, right? And like, we know how we can work together. And then it's like, oh, I now know, I have more context for like what you do in relative to where you want to go and how you want to do that. And like, that is just a more, a natural way of like anchoring the relationship that provides more meat to it, that I think is more natural and more organic. And personally, I find better. Um, and the most like substantial relationships have come out of like working with someone, even if it's tangentially, just like working with someone and kind of having that connection point is really helpful. Yeah. And almost like with a reference for anything, you don't yeah. use someone who you just like randomly connected with on LinkedIn. Like you have to have, as you said, the anchors that makes complete sense. Yeah. Any other general career advice from your winding path of multiple yeah. industries. <laughs> yeah, from biology to entertainment. Yeah. It's like <laughs> the title of my autobiography. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, two things. One, um, I think uh, it's very easy, especially coming out of college, especially coming from consulting, which was a very like linear sort of process. Like you're so used to like, if I do X, then Y happens. And it happens in a two or four year increment. And coming out of college, like it's the first time where you don't know what your next four years are going to look like. And so uh, it's it's a little trite, but like careers are not linear. And so just like being cognizant of that and like taking opportunities as they come up and just being open to those opportunities. Um, some of the the people who have like the coolest job, like my friends who have like the coolest jobs and like have had are in like have crazy jobs let's like you would have never guessed how they got there four years ago based off of what they're doing versus what they're doing now like you would have no idea that how they would get there because they were just open and just taking opportunities and just like being open um to that so just know that like it can feel stressful you feel like you always need to be climbing and always need to be going up but like a career is not linear and there will be times where um, it will feel linear and there will be times where it doesn't. And both of those are okay. And so like, I think a career is not linear is something that I'm trying, I've learned over the last couple of years as well. Um, so that's one thing. And then the second thing I would say is um, 
I think people get really caught up in like the hard skills um, where it's like, how do you financial model? How do you make a, uh, how do you write a memo? How do you make a PowerPoint presentation? Those are all great. You will learn those. You can learn those. It's the soft stuff that makes you stand out and makes you excel. Um, even at like an analyst level, that's uh, what will make you stand out is being able to like work with people kind of read polit like politics of an organization or of a project all of that stuff is going to make you excel and really help you stand out you will learn the hard skills the soft skills are what will make you shine and all the best leaders are the people who are best at the soft skills um and so that i i think um especially coming from a liberal arts background like i over indexed on like i need to learn how to financial model and like yeah there is an element of like i did need to learn how to model because i literally never touched excel before but like i learned it and and now i'm like okay i'm like fine enough at modeling i'm not the best ever but i know enough and it's really like focusing on the relationships and people and this like people and those relationships and those soft skills that you have are just so valuable um so don't lose sight of that and I think that's helpful both on the the career is not linear front because I think coming out of especially liberal arts school you think okay what are the latter steps oh, and then totally. on the soft skills any advice for how to develop them whereas with excel you can look on youtube and powerpoint for very clear instructions anything you found that's helped you in the soft skill realm yeah um finding people who you admire is really helpful and then like learning from them, both by osmosis and like putting yourself in situations where you can be around them um, as much as possible and like learn how they work and then talking to them about it. I think like the, the way to learn soft skills is obviously practicing, but the way that you learn like what works is like by seeing, like when you see it happen, you know it, it sounds really dumb, but it's true. Um, you know, who's good in a room and who can like, who's reading the room and all of that. And so just like finding those people and trying to learn from them um, and like learn how they think and learn how they process and sort of what they're thinking about, um, I think is really, um, really valuable. I, I learned a lot through osmosis just by, by working with really good leaders and really good people. And so um, that would probably be my third piece is like the role is good the industry is good but like working for the good people is the most beneficial thing for your career um and following those people is great i love all those points and thank you so much for those and talking about your whole career it has been a pleasure of course thank you so much i appreciate it